Welcome back to You're Hired, the podcast brought to you by the Bastion Family Center for Career Success at Knox College. Hi, my name is Roman. And I'm Loralee. And today we're here with Rain. So first of all, Rain, could you tell us a little bit about what you do here at Knox? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me on. My name is Rain Grant. I use he, him, his pronouns. I'm the assistant director over at Intercultural Life, and I'm the campus LGBTQ plus advisor for the college. So I have a bit of a dual role. Uh, that means I split my time almost evenly between working uh, directly with our students in our cultural centers and doing programming uh, with Intercultural Life. And then I also am the campus LGBTQ plus advisor, which means I get to work on lots of really cool LGBT related projects and do events um, for our LGBT students as well. And what motivated you to do this, especially here like at Knox specifically? So I remember I came out while I was in undergrad at college and freaked out, realized I didn't want to do K through 12 education anymore, which was what I was originally planning on, you know, doing after college um, and had a student worker position at our LGBT center while I was, you know, in school and fell in love with it and realized that it was a full-time job. Um, and from there just sort of started pivoting and started uh, building onto my resume with as many LGBT related things as I could. Um, and then specifically to Knox, when I was in grad school, um, I had experience working in the LGBT office from before grad and a multicultural office while I was in grad school. And I often felt like LGBT offices weren't intersectional enough and they didn't focus enough on BIPOC identities. Uh, and then I felt like multicultural offices often left out LGBT identities in their programming. And I knew that I had a really big passion for both. So when I was job searching, I remember thinking, I have a really niche type of job that I want to do. I can either search geographically and say I want to stay, you know, in one part of the country and I'll get whatever job I get, or I can do a national search and look for jobs that really fit what I'm interested in. And I did a national search and I feel really blessed because I found Knox and it's a great fit. I wonder if we could dive into maybe what, how you interpret and feel about the word inclusion and maybe what that word means in a, like a career context or in a professional setting. So what does like inclusion and diversity mean to you and, and why are those concepts really important? So I think we often hear about the acronym DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion. And one of the things that jumps out at me when I hear that is uh, DEI and diversity and inclusion are kind of placeholders for what we're really talking about, which is the idea of transformative justice and the way that we approach working with people, um, compensating people for their emotional and physical and intellectual labor, right? So inclusion to me in the workplace means um, finding somewhere that is committed to that ideal and that wants to engage in constant and in-depth conversations about what that ideal looks like lived out in our lives. Um, tangibly, that looks like having folks around me who um, think differently than I do and who look differently than I do, uh, specifically in positions of power. Me being a white man, it's really important that not everybody else who's in positions of power, the place that I work, also looks like a white man. Um, and then it also can mean things like um, respecting work-life boundaries and work-life separation and being able to flex your time, um, specifically when we think about folks who are, you know, say, working parents or 
uh, folks who have additional jobs and responsibilities and other people and other things that they're beholden to in their lives. I think those are all really key ways that inclusion on a structural level can show up in the workplace. Um, and what are, speaking of like inclusivity and things like that, what are like some steps that you have taken personally to promote it in your job here, but also like your undergrad experience and then your graduate experience? And then how can students kind of do that um, as well? So I think one of the big things for me is being very, very aware of my positionality. And it kind of starts from within, right? I need to be doing a lot of critical thinking and critically engaging with my own identities and how that shows up and what power and privilege looks like in my life, because I hold a lot of it. And if I'm not constantly conscious of it, then I am constantly failing the people around me. Um, And so I do a lot of work to that end. And then a lot of what that means is me getting out of the way. Um, You know, my body and my identities take up a lot of space physically and emotionally in a room. Um, And I think that If I want to be responsive as a supervisor, as a colleague to the people around me, then I need to be very aware of the amount of space that other people are worth and give them that space, um, which means relinquishing space for myself. So, um, you know, that can look like not being the person that needs to take on every project or being the person that is willing to take on some of the smaller, less fun elements of a project so that you know, somebody who isn't um, automatically given the space to showcase their talents has the ability to grow into something that they're really interested in. Um, So I think that's part of the ways that shows up in my life. And then I also think, you know, just from a a programming point of view, I do a lot of putting on events and working with folks uh, in my role to that capacity. Um, And a lot of it is constantly reading up, not just on theories and stuff, but on folks' lived experiences. Like, reading and listening to folks' narratives of what it feels like to live their lives, Um, not so that I can fully understand their lives, but so that I have more touchstones and more places of contact that I can relate into the folks that I'm working with through my job. So in the workforce, um, inclusion is something that's oftentimes really promoted by companies, but maybe not all the time is it as realized as maybe it's presented to potential employees or maybe to their customers. I wanted to ask you if there's any advice you have on students who are looking to join a certain company, how they could determine if that company or if that employer is as inclusive uh, as they may present themselves to be. Yeah. I mean, the things that you will typically hear during a traditional job search are to, you know, look at the website, try and find the company's values. Right. Um, But I know that specifically from an LGBTQ plus perspective, because this was how I went through my job search, um, word of mouth is hugely important in communities with oppressed identities, right? Because you're going to see a lot of the highlights of working for a company on a web page or out on social media, right? You're going to get the truth of what it feels like. You're going to get anecdotes about you know, the potential microaggressions that you would experience working in that job from reaching out to other folks. Um, And I know that one of the things that has become really apparent to me through my own personal growth and development and job search and now working with other folks who are job searching is um, folks who share identities with us are so glad to connect with us and willing to connect. Um, You know, reaching out even over like Instagram DMs or something, you will find folks 
if they share the, the same identities as you, they are likely excited to talk with you and excited to share their experience because not only are you getting information from them, but they are feeling heard and their information and their time is valued and respected by you. Um, and I think reaching out to folks on an individual level and making it a personal connection of, I want to hear your story. I'm interested in working for this company, but you know, I know you work there and I know you have had a very real experience and I would love to hear it. I think that's a really great way of finding out whether or not a company is actually living out their values. Yeah. And kind of going off of that, um, how can like students that are looking for a job, maybe after they graduate, how can they ensure that like their supervisor um, will kind of like support their identity and support diversity and inclusion in the workplace? So I would say when you get to an interview with somebody, make sure you're asking really direct and clear questions about the, the types of things that you are interested in. Right. So, um, for example, my first year as a grad student, I did not ask very good questions before I was um, placed in my on-campus job for that year. And I ended up feeling like I was in a role where I was doing work that felt meaningful to me, but I was not supported as an individual. Um, and it led to you know, a lot of burnout and just dissatisfaction in most other areas of my life. Um, and so now... I always ask really intentional questions about what is the office's priorities of work life, work life balance look like? What does that look like in practice for you all? You know, what's the communication style of the office? How do folks typically respond to emails? Um, what does a general week in the life of this individual look like? How many evening commitments are there? How many weekend commitments are there? How often do you need to travel and how much of that travel is paid for and how much of that comes out of pocket, right? Those are all things that we kind of have a, a conception of what they should look like in our head. And if we are not very clear and direct about naming it, then there is a really high probability that you and your future employer are going to have a miscommunication on what those values and what those boundaries look like. And if you're not clear about them from the start, then it's really easy to get trampled over. In those boundaries. Um, and this is kind of a more specific question, but um, if a student is working um, at a specific company and they experience like some microaggressions from like other employees or their supervisor, do you have any advice on how to deal with that? So I would say if it's coming from another uh, colleague, somebody that doesn't directly supervise you, then um, there are a couple different ways to approach it based on the level of comfort that you have with the individual that perpetuated the microaggression, it could be a conversation that you initiate. However, um, I want to say from the outset that folks who live with marginalized and oppressed identities should never feel like they are required to address a situation, right? Um, another potential option would be to go to your supervisor if you have a good relationship with your supervisor. Uh, and this is another one of those ways where having folks who represent multitudes of identities at uh, various levels of power structures in the institution is really helpful because if your supervisor looks like you or if your supervisor um, has experienced similar forms of oppression or microaggression as you, then they are less likely to dismiss what you're coming to them with, right? And they're more likely to help you and they're more likely to be able to help you in the ways that feel good to you and then you don't have to explain what you need to another person right 
Um, so you could go to your supervisor. Uh, and then if your supervisor is the one perpetuating the microaggression, um, then I think if it becomes an occurrence that you are consistently uncomfortable with, that is an instance where I would recommend reevaluating what the job is worth to you um, and uh, kind of doing a, a pros and cons of what does this job bring into your life and what is it taking out of your life? Because those small injustices of microaggressions will really wear you down and it will start to affect all other aspects of your life too, not just the workplace. Because we know that, you know, when we live with marginalized and oppressed identities, we don't live with those identities just at home or just at work. We carry those identities and we carry our body with us everywhere. And so we have to take care of it everywhere too. Speaking of supervisors, you talked a little bit earlier about the role supervisors play. I was wondering if you could maybe talk a little more about for Knox students who maybe one day become supervisors, what's something you would want them to hear now that they could carry with them when they're in those positions of power? I would say specifically from a multicultural and an LGBTQ plus lens, uh, part of what being a great supervisor means to me is recognizing that part of doing the work means showing up for yourself too, right? And so um, if you're going to be working in a field where you're dealing with really emotionally and intellectually heavy topics all the time, then you need to build into your supervisory style uh, time with the folks that you are working with to find joy with each other and then also time to take care of each other and to take care of yourselves as well, right? That should be something that you reiterate at multiple levels of your supervision and casual conversations that you have with the people you're working with, and then also in formal meetings and in your one-on-ones with folks, right? It needs to be reiterated that care is important and it is valuable. And if you are not feeling whole in your life, then we need to take time to address that as we address our work. Uh, it's not something that should be relegated to the other half, the non-work half of your life. Um, so I would say that. And then I would also say uh, approach working with folks from a very growth-oriented perspective. Um, I think about the times in my life where I have felt really, really satisfied in lots of aspects of my life, especially my work life. And it has come from a personal sense of accomplishment, of being given a task that was uh, something that was harder than I have typically done and being supported all the way through it. Um, and so as a supervisor, you can provide opportunities for the folks around you to reach a little bit further in what they're capable of, um, things that you know are within their grasp, and then support them and provide opportunities for them to continue uh, learning and developing as they reach those goals. Thank you. I think that's really good advice for students that may like go on to pursue roles like that. Um, do you have any like more general advice for students on how to find maybe like um, companies or like places where they can feel comfortable like being who they are um, and like being safe as an individual because I feel like that's like a really important thing to consider when you're applying for a job is like safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah safety for sure. Um, a couple of things come to mind. The first is you're going to need to figure out what your boundaries are. Um, like actually mark them down someplace whether you write it type it out, put it in a journal, you know, put it on a poster, 
hanging up on your wall, something like that as you're moving through your job search process, because the job search process will really grind you down. Like it is, you know, rejection after rejection until you find the job that is a great fit for you and you are a great fit for it. Um, And there has to be that compatibility. And so there might be times during your job search process where you start to feel like I just need a job, right? But um, think about what your boundaries are and how that aligns with your values. And uh, um, especially when you live with marginalized and oppressed identities, holding fast to those values and those boundaries is going to make you feel safe and protected in a workplace. Because I've worked with folks before in workplaces that didn't respect that. And, you know, the emotional toll that it takes on you is very, very rarely worth um, the the gain that you get from gaining employment in that sense. Um, the other thing I would say is find and really cherish your community. Um, so you can have a community inside work, right? It can be a set of coworkers and colleagues, but it should also be folks outside of work, um, folks who you can co-process with. Um, I specifically am a part of a couple of LGBTQ plus chat groups where, you know, we're all new professionals and we talk a lot about what it means to be on the job and what it feels like for our identities to move through the workplace. Um, And I think when you surround yourself with folks who are sifting through the same type of information and the same type of new experiences as you are, then uh, it gives you multiple angles to approach and to problem solve what you might experience when you're entering a new workplace. So I have one final question just to sort of wrap this up. I was wondering if you could speak a little more for Knox students who are experiencing like a moment in their life where they're not totally feeling included or that they're being heard. Is there advice you would have for like current Knox students, places they can go to get help and to get um, what they need to succeed here at Knox? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first thing I would say is if you're experiencing that, you are not alone. Um, So many of us are feeling uh, burnt out and trapped and isolated by the fact that we can really only connect virtually right now. Um, I feel like we're craving a lot of human connection and it's something that really isn't possible. And it's very frustrating to feel that impossibility day in and day out. Uh, In terms of resources, our counseling services folks are here for you. I am here for you over in the Office of Intercultural Life. Um, I'm happy to talk one-on-one with folks. Um, We can meet up virtually now that the weather is nice. We can go outside and walk and talk and actually get to see each other in person. That would be really wonderful. Um, And then you've also got tons of other support folks on campus through informal connections you might have, right? Um, Like your RAs, uh, folks who are leaders in the student clubs that you're a part of, uh, people over in the campus life staff office. Um, There are tons of different touch points on campus for you to to get connected and to start to to feel relationships growing and deepening again. Um, I would say the hardest and the scariest part of that is that it requires us to be a little bit vulnerable in making the first move and reaching out. Um, Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to downplay the fact that it is scary and it's nerve-wracking to, you know, make that first move, um, but I can tell you it feels worth it afterwards. Well, thank you so much for talking with us about diversity and inclusion. Um, 
in jobs and then in Knox right now, um, I think it's really helpful and something that we should focus more on and like talk more about because it is important for students to hear this. I um, mean, to know that like there is things that they can do and that there's things that the employers as well need to do to make everybody feel safe and included. Yeah, thanks so much, y'all. It was great talking with you.